Hey everyone, and welcome to the Pisgah Podcast. We are your hosts. I'm Drew, and that is Mangler, and you are listening to Pisgah. We're coming to you live from the dark side of Pinnacle Mountain. Mangler, let's get into these news and updates. Yes, it is December. That's true. Days are getting shorter. So hopefully they will do the switcheroo here soon and start getting longer. That'll be a, maybe a nice little Christmas gift for us around the, uh, the solstice there. Yeah, we're only a couple weeks away from the solstice. And the good news there is that the days start getting a little bit longer. Yeah, so one thing that's really cool to bring up to the, to the light here is Fox Factory has a program called Trail Trust. And they just gave a $25,000 grant to Pisgah Area Sorba, and it is going to be to support the upcoming work on the Butter Gap project. Uh, if you remember back uh, the most recent Pisgah Area Sorba interview we did, uh, we talked about that project a little bit and going to be talking with them soon to get a little bit more detail that they can talk about now that things have finally kind of settling in. So, dude, $25,000 is a lot of money to go towards a new trail. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's great. And I just have to give a disclaimer here. I am an employee at Fox Factory. And finding out about this was a little uh, jarring for me because, you know, we they, they don't necessarily involve the local people here with these decisions. And I think that's for a good reason. I think for political reasons, they got to keep it a little bit separate. But I have to say... Uh, as far as projects go, this is a big one, and it's one, you know, it's a seasonal trail for one. But it won't be a seasonal trail anymore. Right. The amount of traffic it gets, especially coming from the bottom to the top, is is pretty significant compared to a lot of other trails and projects in Pisgah. So I think that this one deserves the attention that it's getting, and I'm just psyched to see where it winds up going. Yeah, man. Me too. I'm pretty excited about this project something's been kind of being talked about for four or five years maybe so looking to dive a little bit more into this project get some microphones on some people and uh, hear a little bit more about it and uh and other updates here you know we're going into the holiday season mailer we are and everyone's got a christmas list and we we are here to help you kind of navigate all those options out there because if you're like us, you're overwhelmed with Instagram ads, Facebook ads, ads in general. And so it'd be really awesome if we could keep it local and support you know, the people that help support us. So we've created a little bit of a, a local gift guide with uh, some of our local companies here. Yeah, for sure. None of these are advertised. None of these are things that people are paying us or endorsing us to do. This is us looking into it. And also just us paying respect to these local companies. So let's get right into it. Um, maybe you're a writer that listens to this podcast, or maybe you're the significant other of somebody who listens to this podcast, or maybe you're a writer and you want to buy your buddy something. So here's some good gifts that we're going to recommend. And uh, at the top of our list, we have local guiding trip, like the bike farm or Red Wolf. These are places that can maybe guide you onto an epic ride that maybe you haven't conceived yet and uh, can show you how to navigate the forest a little bit better. 
Uh, we also have a lot of local coffee roasters, and these are great stocking stuffers as well as main gifts. We have Pisgah Coffee Roasters. We have Sharewell. We have Dynamite Roasting. We have Anchor Coffee. And then Mountaineer Roasting. And there's definitely probably more, but these are just like the ones that popped up, you know, on my mountain bike-ish coffee radar. And, you know, who doesn't like good coffee? And we like to support things that kind of give back to the mountain biking community. And uh, I can tell you at least, uh, you know, Mountaineer, Pisgah Coffee Roasters, these are people that are dedicated to the mountain bike community here. And uh, I do know that even if you have a fundraising initiative, you can actually sign up with Pisgah Coffee Roasters and they can help you out with uh, with a fundraising event, much like, uh, you know, say, selling Girl Scout cookies, but you're selling coffee. That's awesome. And coffee sells itself, so look them up. But uh, also, if you're looking to get lost in the woods or unloss yourself from being lost in the woods, Pisgah Map Company. They're a local company with all the maps of the local trails, hiking, mountain biking, fishing whatever you're looking to do they're your go-to there and we've had them on the podcast here a while ago but yeah if you want to look that episode up if you're not listening to it definitely do so and then a company that i've kind of come back into uh familiarity with here recently is suga out of boone north carolina they make awesome hip packs for mountain biking that are configurable for a couple different volumes of hip pack and also a couple different carrying capacities for your water bottles or maybe not even having a water bottle and they wear well and they're locally made. And Suga also does a uh, like a little shuttle pad thing, right? Yeah, they have a single shuttle pad. So say you have a pickup truck and you don't want to put a whole pad across your entire tailgate just to carry one bike. They make a pad that you can just put on your bike and you can throw it over the tailgate and it won't scratch your truck up. It's amazing. It's pretty sick. And some other local companies, we all love supporting mountain bike. We like wearing mountain bike stuff. So we've got Cognitive, uh, Kitspo, Weevil. Those are like three pretty prominent clothing companies here in Western North Carolina. All three of those have definitely given their fair share of support back into the community and to the, to the trails around us, which is awesome. So look those guys up. We got Rockgeist bags. You know, they got everything from like a, a basic like top tube bag to a little bit more advanced. You can get like a custom bag made, uh, get some really sweet bike packing gear. So Rockgeist is up in Asheville. And then bike park passes. You know, you've got the Riveter, Canuga, and Rock Creek, uh, which we'll have more info on that later. Bike park passes are a great Christmas gift to pass out. Another thing. If our bikes don't work, we don't enjoy riding them. So Western North Carolina is home to quite a few shock companies. Whether or not they're home to it, but they probably have a, a service center here, such as Fox or Olin's, but also Cane Creek is local here. So between those three brands, uh, that covers three of the major shock companies. But Drew, correct me if I'm wrong, but pretty much most shops in this area would do some servicing on RockShox stuff? Oh, yeah. You know that they will. And we've also got some good independent shops like Find Your Line in West Asheville. Mm -hmm. They're happy to work on any shock, and they do a fucking great job at it. And, Sean, we've had him on the show before to talk about winter bike maintenance, which we should maybe re-up that show. 
Yeah, it's a good idea. It's that time of year, huh? Mm-hmm. So there's also some other brands that have things that are maybe just a little outside of the bike, but also are part of this cycling community, like uh, Ui Koozies, or Ui Products, I should say. So uh, They don't get another cease and desist. Vic doesn't get upset, <laughs> right? Uh, they make awesome things. They employ awesome people. They help uh, people in this community uh, to be employed that might have trouble getting employment otherwise. And uh, they make really cool things like leather beverage wraps. There we go. And, beverage uh, wraps, yes. Yeah, and, and other leather products too. Yeah, And you got true. mule mounts, which uh, make some really cool things for helping you fix your flats trailside. And then you can't deny Endless Bike Company. You got Shanna. She makes awesome products that make chains go around cranks and wheels and go forward, be it skip tooth chain rings, single speed cogs, whatever it might be. But she's also an excellent cycling coach. She's going to help you learn those skills that you just can't wrap your head around. She's a super patient person and she's eager to help you learn those things. And I happen to know for a fact that she's going to help you be able to steer your bike better than you could figure out on your own. And uh, I'm going to round it out here with, uh, we got some local wheel companies like Industry 9 and Gulo Wheels. Industry 9 is an OG of the uh, Western North Carolina cycling scene. And those wheels wouldn't exist without these mountains here. But then you also have some other companies that cover things on your feet like uh, D-Feet Socks. A lot of people don't realize that they are here in Western North Carolina and they have been for three decades now and uh astral shoes you know they got their start with whitewater making flotation devices and uh you know they make some shoes that actually work really well with flat pedals you know what another company that i forgot to put on here was eno hammocks hammocks are super sweet to have and they're pretty low cost item and it's good to have one at least keep in the back of the truck or something yeah you know that's a good point i have given an Eno hammock for Christmas gift to somebody in my family for at least the past five or six years. Dude, you know what? I won an Eno hammock from a Visit Brevard giveaway. And if anyone who's listening to this podcast, the first person to email me to one of my email addresses, if you can find it, I'm not going to say it, but the first person to email me, I will give you a hammock. So there you go. Oh, no. All right. I know your email address. It's incoming. <laughs> <laughs> Certain people don't count. Well, you know, I'll re-gift it. Okay. But yeah, so let's get back to uh, what we were talking about with the bike passes. Uh, Rock Creek. Man, we've just had you know bike park rod spots opening left and right. Canuga opens up on us two years ago. Riveter opens a little bit before that. We've got Chestnut Mountain up Chestnut. in Canton with Seth's Burn Park. The scene's exploding with new riding spots. It's, it's awesome. So uh, after going back and forth with me and Nico's both difficult schedules, his schedule has mostly been filled because he's actually been busy building Rock Creek, which is awesome. Mine has been work and life stuff. So finally got Nico sit down on the microphone actually this morning, and we hammered out this interview, and dug out lots of good information and so hopefully this fills in everyone's questions that they have answers to right now so yeah here we go 
All right, Nico. So we've had you on the podcast in the past, and we've had your partner Callie on the podcast in the past. Callie pretty much introduced us to Canuga, and since then we've seen Canuga grow substantially. And now you guys just dropped Rock Creek on us. You've had two events, and we've got an opening date of December 9th. So first off, what is Rock Creek? Yeah, thanks for having me back on. Love the Pisgah podcast. You guys do so much for the community here. Yeah, stoked on the new bike park at Rock Creek. I guess Canuga's been going super well. We opened that bike park in 2020, kind of at the perfect time. It was a a boom in outdoor sports, outdoor recreation that summer, and we opened right in the peak of it. So it was kind of a perfect storm there. And um, yeah, it's been super successful business for my buddy Dave Lamond and I. We are both part part owners in it. And um, yeah, I guess we've kicked around the idea of having a place to ride downhill. This one's definitely, I'd say, more of a passion project for us both. I wouldn't say that we're looking at opening a downhill park right down the road from our successful mountain bike park, thinking we're going to like make way more money doing it or anything like that. It's just a cool opportunity to make more of the style trails and style park that I love to ride and uh, that I would love to see here. And for Dave to like own a property that's beautiful, awesome location and someplace that he's really stoked to, to have. So I guess that's kind of our motivation is just to make exactly what we want and um, make something that's really cool and Kind of like the way that we, the style we did it with Canugo is like, if we make it for everyone, then it's possible to sustain. So yeah, it's uh, coming up on our opening day. We've been working really hard the past uh, couple months to, to open it. I guess it's pretty quick in terms of like most construction projects, especially trail stuff. And this one, we had to build a lot of infrastructure as well. So yeah, it's coming up, but uh, it, it's all going smoothly so far. And couple of test events we had went well. It was just good to kind of see how the property flowed, see how everything worked. And um, we learned a lot from that and ready ready for our opening date. I guess it'll be by the time this comes out this Friday. So yeah, hopefully we see some people out there to, to check it out. I think you will. <laughs> I think so. So you've had two test events. You had an enduro that was in November or October? Uh, the Enduro race we had was the end of October, mm-hmm. and then like mid-November we had a downhill race. Yeah, that's right. And it, what was interesting is both of those events were kind of on opposite sides of the spectrum weather-wise. You had the Enduro was super dry. I think we didn't have like almost two months of rain, and then the downhill race was like after having like a week of rain. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was crazy kind of to think back about how dry it was in October quickly forget but that was pretty cool actually it's rare that we have that dry conditions out here in North Carolina and it was all fresh trails too so it made for like powder dust riding which was super cool it's something that is really unique to get to ride and race in out here most of the time when it gets that dry it's like the trails are already hard packed so they just become like dry slick with some loose loose stuff over the top um, but to get to race these that were like pretty powdery was was super fun. Like it was a you couldn't follow anybody. It, it was definitely hard to see and you get a lot of dust in your eyes. But the conditions were were super fun to race in. Like I I'd say it was a treat to get to race in that. 
and yeah, we, our only complaint really that weekend was that the climb sucked. And the nice thing is that people won't ever have to do that if they come out to our bike park. Uh, we just weren't really ready with our shuttle system yet. And, um, but we wanted to get people on the trails and get people to the property to see how it all worked. And yeah, that was a really fun race. And then the downhill was kind of the opposite. We had that hurricane come through. I didn't know that November was still hurricane season. So I don't think it normally is, but, (laughs) uh, but yeah, it, it was honestly like a perfect fire drill because it rained so much on Friday, the day that everyone was arriving. We tested like all the drains in the road. Like when we, when we, uh, luck, luckily the, there was a lot of existing road beds up there that we could improve to make that shuttle road, but we had to do a lot to make it sustainable to get like full size trucks and buses and stuff up it. And, uh, I never got to see if the drains worked or not. Like, uh, yeah, I did, it didn't rain for two months. Exactly. Like I, I, I don't really do grading just kind of like the same way that we build trails. Like we just look at it and look at other ones that work and try to copy what, what we see working. And, um, yeah, I put all these culverts in and had no idea if they were going to work or not, if we had too many or I guess you can't have too many, but they're expensive, but, or if we didn't have enough really. And, uh, they all worked. We, we had some issues with the parking for sure. Nice thing about this property and it's hard to find a property with a lot of parking and a mountain. I think like Bailey mountain bike park was super cool. The limiting factor there was 30 spots, I think. So I think the last downhill Southeast race we had there was 2017 or 18. I think it was 2017. And we had to park like two miles away and shuttle people to the parking lot. Oh, wow. Because there was just not enough space. So when you don't have parking, you kind of have a, a ceiling to how how busy you can be, how many people you can have out. With a bike park, it's really like those big days that really make up for, especially out here, you get so much rain and could be a day when it's just kind of rained out and nobody nobody shows up. So you have to be able to have on a nice day or an event, a ton of people there. And um we have a bunch of parking at Rock Creek, and it's all in these uh, cow pastures at the bottom. And for the Oduro, it worked perfectly. We had a little ford through the stream that we just put some gravel in, and people went right on through. There was tons of space to park. And for for the downhill, we got that hurricane came through. And it was like while the event was going on on Friday. So a lot of us got across the stream, and then the water level went up like two feet while oh, we Jesus. were over there. So it was hard to get back across Luckily, we have a lot of equipment out there, so like, you could just tow people around if they were stuck. I've been to a lot of uh, hair scrambles or GNCCs where you get towed in and towed out, <laughs> which is funny. I guess it's cheaper to tow people than it is to put gravel down. But we learned pretty quick that um, parking in the cow pasture in the rain and going through the Ford wasn't going to work long term. So that was a perfect test for all the the infrastructure that we had there. The road worked well. The buses had a few little hiccups. One of them was uh, was running pretty hot, and the other one had some sort of like a fuel issue. It was, they 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 worked all day, but they weren't running perfectly. And then we ended up running a, a U-Haul truck as a backup. So it's kind of and that worked perfect. So it's kind of nice to know that we have a Plan B in case we ever have an issue out there. U-Hauls always make great Plan Bs. Yeah, in life in general, for sure. <laughs> Very affordable too. Yeah. So yeah, the the downhill race had threw a lot more at us, um, but it was kind of what we needed to to test out to make sure that the park would be ready to open. And um, I thought 
the trails held up well. Like they were the least of my worries out there. And um, probably the thing that people think of the most when they look back on their experience was the trails. So I was stoked that, that they worked out pretty well. Talk to us about the property. Uh, it's an in- interesting spot. It's an area that most people probably aren't super familiar with unless you do like some big gravel loops or something. Where is Zirconia? Yeah, so Zirconia is uh, it's kind of like right below Flat Rock, below Hendersonville, bordering South Carolina. Pretty sure it goes up to the South Carolina line. I'm not. It's close enough. Yeah, sure about that. Yeah, if you go down 25, it's like the one of the last exits before you go into South Carolina. The property is kind of back in this valley. It's actually really close to DuPont. Like maybe the, the start of all the trails are like a mile or, or two from where Sky Valley and Pinnacle Mountain Road intersect. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's super close to DuPont. And like I live in uh, Pisgah Forest and it takes me about 45 minutes to get over there. But if I could go over the mountain, it would, it would only take me 15 minutes. It's really close to my house. I just have to go all the way out to Flat Rock, down 25, and then back. So it's, uh, it's a cool location. The mountain is um, southeast facing, so it gets a lot of sun, especially in the winter, which is nice. It's further south just a little bit, which I don't think really affects the weather. But for people coming from the north, like they're more likely to have nice weather in the winter than I'd say like if you were up on the other side of Asheville. Not really compared to Canuga. It's not that far from Canuga, but it's lower elevation and it's south facing, which is good things to have if you want to have a year round bike park. Yeah, the property is beautiful. It's, uh, I think it's 350 acres. And right now we're building on one piece of it, which is the main part of the bike park. But we also have um, kind of a backside, which hopefully later on we can build some more kind of backcountry style trails out there too and, and expand. But, um, yeah, it's, it's a cool location. It's conveniently located for people coming up from Asheville or Greenville. If you're coming from Atlanta, it's along the way. If you're coming from Charlotte, it's uh, not too far either. So it's, uh, it's a good spot. I think, um, I think it's kind of like cool for the Greenville crowd because it's right between Asheville and Greenville. Oh, yeah. So Shoot um, right up 25 and you're there. Yeah, and there's a lot of people that ride down there. So I think it'll be, it'll be cool for them. Yeah, I, I heard someone say when we were at the the downhill race that it was the closest like bike riding spot to them, and they live in Greenville, other than like you know going to Paris Mountain or something. Yeah, yeah. So that'd be great. What's funny is Canuga and Rock Creek, as a crow flies, like what six seven miles apart. Yeah, exactly. Kind of what I was saying. Like my my house is also not that far away yeah. from there. It's just um, yeah, it's on a dead end road. It's um, back no. of valley, and I guess if, if, if anybody's ever been, like, in the Green River area, if you get off and go west on Green River Road, kind of turns to gravel, goes behind DuPont, connects over to Reason Over. It's, um, it's right back in there. Like, yesterday we finished up and went for a little bike ride, and it was, like, 20 minutes to get to the Fawn Lake parking lot. Okay. Which is kind of, like, my favorite part of DuPont. It's cool riding over there. So yeah. it's in that area, which is... There's not a lot going on in that area. Pretty quiet back there. Yeah. Talk to me about the trails. I know you've got a couple different varying degrees of difficulty and like what's elevation like, et cetera. Yeah. So usable elevation, we have like 700 feet of vert. I would have liked a little more personally, but I think it's perfect for a public bike park. It's like, I guess, 
25% more than Canuga. So it's, it's a longer descent for sure. Like we had that downhill race and the downhill track I built did not try to save any elevation and it was over two minutes, which I think is a fair test of it. Like the downhill race is under two minutes. It's not really a legit downhill. So <laughs> that was my goal, but without making it uh, slow or traverse or anything. So it's kind of similar to maybe beach size, maybe a little bit steeper in places. So it's, yeah, it's a cool size for a bike park. The terrain is obviously really similar to DuPont or Canuga. I think those two places have similar style dirt there, which is like the perfect stuff for trail building. It's like sand and clay mixed together. Maybe Canuga's is slightly better. Like that's got to be the best dirt we've ever got a chance to work with. But yeah, we've got five trails for opening one green trail that Callie made. Um, if anybody's been to Canuga and ridden Evergreen, it's very similar to that, but it's it's quite a lot longer. Um, and even though the property's not that much more vertical drop, like Canuga's 500 and this place is about 700, it just traverses a lot further. So it's probably like 1.5 times Evergreen, which is already a pretty long trail. Yeah. And hopefully we we learned a couple things from, from Evergreen. There's a couple spots where you get going really fast, which for advanced riders is fine, but for beginners... Um, a little intimidating. Yeah, it's just easy to kind of go really fast on it. I think this one will be manage the speed a little better. It's got some tighter turns where where you don't want to go fast, and it's got uh, it's got some fast sections into flat areas and spots where you don't need to worry about like uh, controlling the speed. So I think that trail will be really fun, actually. I think Callie does a really good job of making easy trails that fit that purpose but are also fun for advanced riders. Like a lot of people get up there to Canuga and I get it, you climbed up there, you don't you you want to choose wisely how you're going to spend your climb. They overlook the green trail and it's actually really fun. There's a ton of rollers that you can jump. Like it's it's a fun trail to ride. It reminds me a lot of Ridgeline with some more purpose-built turns and oh, totally, jumps. Yeah. So it's it's definitely hard to make a trail that's both easy and fun for advanced riders. Like it's easy to make a sidewalk and it's also easy to make a rake and ride that's fun. But to make like an easy trail fun is that's a that's a really challenging thing to do. And Callie I think is really good at that. She's like picks out some roller gaps and stuff where and then that's hard too to like build stuff that you can't visualize yourself hitting. She's like, oh yeah, I put this roller gap here. I think you guys could double this or some stuff to progress on. You're like, whoa, awesome. Yeah, it like works out perfect. So I think this trail will be, it will be really cool. It's in a cool spot of the hill. It like wraps around by a waterfall. It's got a couple bridges on it. The The terrain on that side where the green trail is is beautiful. It's like looks more like North Carolina with a lot of roto. And yeah, it's it's that's going to be a, a fun trail. And I think for everyone too, like it's not too much harder than a green trail, but it's, um, it's as fun as like a blue flow trail, I would okay. say. So I think people are going to really dig that one. Everyone yeah. should should enjoy it. With the and, option to turn the spice up a little bit. Yeah, exactly. Like I think the turns are definitely steeper than most other green trails, but it doesn't really make it harder that the turn's steeper. It's just you can, if you are ripping, you can rally a steep. Lean into it a yeah, little exactly. bit. Exactly. So yeah, that, that green trail will be, will be really fun. We have two blue trails. We have one that um, Chuck Carlson built for us. We were joking, we want to call it doggy style because he had his dogs out there. He and the dogs built the trail. 
and you're kind of like just hanging off the back of the bike, rallying all these turns. It's really fun. It reminds me a lot of GNCC when mm-hmm. we first opened it. It's probably the most fun trail there and was the least impact on the land. Like we just braked it out and kind of laid out like good radius of turns around trees, cut down as few of them as possible mm-hmm. just to make it as easy to make. And it's kind of like a rake and ride turn track. And the turns are so fun. You're just like rut, 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 rut ruts and yeah. just good radiuses and i got to ride that one that's the only one i've ridden there so far because uh we went out there a couple weeks before the enduro with me aj and chuck and it's like pushed up it a couple of times let chuck have first tracks on it and then like you know i think we did four laps on it maybe but yeah but that was before the enduro and chuck said since the enduro it's like a completely different trail now yeah it definitely i think obviously it gets to a point where it's too much but getting bikes on it when you have a fresh track especially a rake and ride it's nice to allow the bikes to kind of shape the turn if you do too much like work in the beginning it feels like it was built whereas like if the tires cut in the all the the, the ruts it's kind of perfect shape like you never see I always laugh like when you see like pulled sections in grass, like the poles might be straight and like zigzag, but the when you take them away, the bike trail is like the perfect rounded shape. You see like a cycle cross course or something yeah. when, when the poles are gone, like everything's like a perfect round. Like you see these like beautiful arc. shaped S's. And yes. Everything. So allowing like building a rake and ride and then um, allowing the bikes to cut it in made all those turns kind of the, the perfect shape. So it's fun and it's pretty tight too. Like I really like tight trails, like some of the most fun trails out in Pisgah are the tighter ones. And um, I think these days a lot of new stuff being built gets pretty wide. Um, so I like the fact that the trail's tight. I mean, you can always go back and make it wider if there's like something that's just awkward or and, and awkward's good too. Like kind of like the imperfections of the trails is what makes them unique and cool. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we we always tend to like make them tighter and then you can always go and like widen it up if it if it doesn't work but yeah that blue trails one of them i think the most fun it's the easy it's easy to ride it's it's just turns like there's nothing really crazy on it you you probably can't remember each one they all look the same but it's just a fun turn track and then we have another blue trail that uh isaac lifeson's girlfriend morgan she's a trail builder they both live out in knoxville and um she came out this summer and and kind of got the jump start on this, which helped us to get the project done so soon because before we were really trail building, she came out and put this blue trail in, which which helped a ton. Um, it's a machine built with a natural kind of feel to it. So like hopefully a lot of the trails around here, when they're first built, they feel kind of wide, but as they burn in, they, they almost look like single track and you can't really tell that it was machine built. Mm-hmm. But it's a yeah blue machine built trail that kind of traverses the whole mountain. We used it for the Cat 2-3 downhill track, so it's kind of perfect for that. Maybe a little bit flat for a downhill race, but for the Cat 2-3, I think it's a good good course. Yeah, the idea with a lot of the trails was to make them, it's a shuttle park, but you want to be able to enjoy them on trail bikes because most people in this area have trail bikes. Yeah. Downhill bikes are not as popular. So we wanted to make most of the trails fun for either one. Uh, like at Windrock... I think if you, I, I would hate to ride a trail bike down Windrock. Like I'm riding my downhill bike and it feels like it couldn't be any rougher. And I would not imagine like a trail bike, less travel, 
less civility, less braking power. Like it's not really fun. Um, but we wanted to make stuff that I guess super similar to Canuga, but you get shuttled to the top. Yeah. So this trail I think is really cool for for either a downhill bike or a trail bike, like the the first two I mentioned as well. Mm. It has goes into a little jump line at the bottom, and that jump line is super fun. It's a blue jump line, kind of goes up and down the valley, has a lot of natural undulations like it's not just a blueprint of a jump line put here it's like use the the rises and falls of the hill which make the jumps feel way bigger than they are and has kind of a cool flow to it so like a lot of the jumps that we make either there or canoga we try to make them step ups i think when you have a step up you can spot the landing easier and for guys that are learning to jump like it's you can go way bigger on a step up than you can on a blind jump and they're fun too. Like everybody wants to boost and get a bigger landing to land on. And you can feel like you can roast it a bit harder when you got yeah. more to, to land on. So yeah, most of our big jumps are all step ups, which I think is a cool feel. So I to carry speed a little better afterwards too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like you can use that energy that you built up, put it in the next one. I think a lot of mountain bike trails struggle to make big enough landings just because like most trail building tools are small excavators where we weren't afraid to get some big ones in there and, mm-hmm. and also like using the the lay of the land too like you can use the make a jump like go up a, a side of a hill or something you can make it way bigger than if you were stacking that yeah so um that bottom jump line on that second blue trails is really fun that's probably the most fun section like there's some really good hits on there then we have a black single track trail that we use in the enduro I'm sorry I don't have any trail names, but we haven't – like, I guess it's opening this weekend, but we haven't decided. It's, it's hard to pick the names. It is because you got to live with that. I know. Uh, and I I want cool names, but I'm not good at thinking of them. <laughs> so um, – but anyway, yeah, we got this black single track trail that I really like. It's, it's like one of the most fun ones out there. It's got a mix of everything. It's – not much was built with a machine on there. A couple of, like, we built a little road gap on it. We built some of the, there's some bridge crossings that have to go over, like, pretty deep ravines. But for the most part, the whole trail was, like, built by hand. We had um, a bunch of the kids from Brevard College come out. And it's a cool partnership we have with those guys. They come out to Canuga and Rock Creek. We try to have it them feel like it's their home spot so they mm-hmm. can ride so we give everybody on the team passes, and then they come out and um, help out as much as they can. So that and they come with a squad of like twenty guys deep. You can get so much done. Oh yeah, so crew that I, big, you can just like put in a trail in like a weekend. Yeah, and that's what we did. Like we had most of this trail done in a day with their help. Like I said, the most fun trails that I like to ride are narrow and don't do too much. Let's let it ride in and then see what what you see need. What needs to be adjusted or changed. Yeah. So um, we had to dig out a bunch of stumps, which is awesome when you have a 20-guy squad to do. A bunch, bunch of young, strong yeah, backs. That's the thing that's like hard when you're by yourself is like when you cut a tree, you don't want to leave like a, a stump that's not blunt enough in the trail, like especially roto or laurel stumps. Like they're luckily somewhat easy to get out, but some of the bigger ones are hard. And when you got a squad of that many people, you can get it done pretty quick. So we built this trail that's – more challenging than the blue trail that Chuck made. It's got some rocks on it, some steeper sections, some tighter turns. It's just got a bunch of everything. It feels like an enduro trail. It's narrow. It's 
kind of awkward. It's got some tight turns. It's slow at places, fast at places. It's a really fun trail, I think, for a downhill bike or an enduro bike. All four of these trails are fun on both bikes, like I mentioned. Um, but th- this one's probably my favorite out there. Well, you've already I, said that about three trails already. Did but... I? <laughs> well, I'd say Chuck's is the most fun. This one's my favorite. And my downhill track is um, the best practice track. Okay. So for different reasons. So yeah, that black trail's pretty sweet. And then um, I built a downhill track out there. I spent a lot of time on. I felt like it was necessary. Like we needed a place to practice. Like that's the thing that we've been lacking. Like me, Luca, and Chris Grice all live here in uh, Pisgah Forest, and we drive to Windrock to ride downhill. We've shuttled at Canuga a couple times just to get some time on the bike, but Canuga's not really set up for that, and it's not long enough. And painted black is it's pretty fun on a downhill bike, but it's also pretty easy. So um, for for a downhill bike, I mean, especially you guys riding at that level, I mean, like you can. You basically triple down the entire trail and you're done. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, if I went through, I could probably make the trail hard enough, adding some stuff to it, making it rougher. But as it is, it's like, if it was any harder, it would be, I'm scared riding down it on a trail bike. Like it's fast and it is pretty rough, but on a downhill bike, it really tames it down. So we needed something locally that we could practice on. And this trail was like, not really for anybody else, but us is like a downhill racetrack that we can practice on for World Cups. We can test our bikes. We can set stuff up and, and have it right here. So I tried to make something that, that was that rough on a hill that is, I don't want to say mellow. Like the hill's got some cool natural stuff to it. But it definitely, the, the hard stuff on this downhill track I built wasn't just there. I had to, I, I think the track would be a blue trail if I didn't put all this these obstacles into the middle of it. Yeah. Which felt a lot like I don't know, I could have built this track like in an indoor mountain in Dubai. Like it was <laughs> it was it was not naturally there and and I I kind of hate that stuff. Like I don't like rock armoring. I don't like man-made rock gardens. I like tracks that kind of just fit like the cool part about racing downhill is you're you're racing on terrain that just happened to be there for the past however many th- millions of years. Like in an ice age, this rock shifted and was here on this angle. And now like you're racing across it and trying to calculate how to set your bike up and how to time your weight into your pedals to get over it or get through it faster than someone else. And that's like what I love, like that natural part of downhill racing. But we didn't have that. That was hard enough at Rock Creek. So I ended up building this man-made, fabricated, try to be, try to be like replicate some sections on World Cup tracks that I thought were challenging and put them on this track. And I don't think I really explained it. So I hope a bunch of people that came out to the race that we did didn't think that I, I like thought that would be fun to <laughs> do like a four foot drop into a flat rock garden. Like a lot of the stuff we made was not fun. It was for a purpose to test the bikes and to, to practice. Um, but it, it was hard. Like there's a lot of compressions on it. There's a lot of big drops to kind of flat landings. There's a bunch of rock armored stuff. At first I, I made the rock armored stuff too perfect. Like I was, when you can place a rock garden, like if you would imagine any rock garden you've ridden through, a lot of the rocks are not on the right angle and the edges are kind of 
not how you'd want to hit them, but that's just how they happen to lay. Mm-hmm. And if you were building it, you could imagine where you're going to come in and how your tires are going to be pointed and put all the edges like in a favorable direction. Exactly. So the first one I spent like all day making this really big rock armored section and I got done and I was like, this is way too easy. Like I just made it too nice. So as I went, I was like, you know what? I just need to like close my eyes and throw all the rocks in the track and however they lay is how they are. Play (laughs) them where they lay. Exactly. So um, it definitely got rougher as we went. I think it'll burn into being a really good practice track. I hope people don't ride it and think like that was my idea of a fun track. It was just a a challenging racetrack that that we'll have. And we're also not going to do any maintenance on it. We're going to let it get rough. Okay. The other trails, we will perfectly maintain. Uh, But this one... um, Like a year hands off. Well, like we can get some debris off of it but okay. i want it to i want it to get breaking holes i want the turns to get rough i want it to get ruts in it and be something that is like representative of a racetrack so we can yeah have a good spot to ride so from the downhill race um luca chris walker a bunch of people out there riding it what did they have to say about it uh they liked it i mean i feel like they were just a lot of people tell me they like everything but <laughs> I think they were just stoked to have the place to ride. I think all of us would have liked the hill to be bigger. In the race, I think my time was 2.06, so it was just over two minutes. Most World Cups are between three and four minutes, so it would have been nice to be a taller mountain, but we'll take what we can get. Like mm-hmm. This is a good spot close by. I think the track is representative, and um, it will burn in and get rougher. Like That was the first first time we rode it. So And, and it was kind of nice that we rode it in the mud like, like a day after a hurricane so like you got to put compressions in it like make bomb holes etc exactly like i was i was stoked on the weather actually for my own personal reasons i'm like this will be awesome like it's soft now it's wet and then it was like drying through the weekend so it got like torn up a lot by the bikes which is like luke and i were like dude the track is so messed up which is funny because most people would say that is a bad thing. Like, and we, oh, my track, it's so messed up. Yeah, we like, were yes. perfect. Yeah, it was like, dude, this is exactly what we wanted. Yeah, those are our five trails we got, and I think we'll definitely be building more, but one thing I noticed, like a lot of bike parks in Europe, like the best ones, they don't have a ton of trails. They have a couple of really good ones, and they... They focus on those. Yeah, they keep those trails awesome. So before we expand too much, we want to make sure that these trails are all as good as they can be, and maintained well yeah and, and then i'm sure we'll be building more stuff over the next year one thing that you mentioned uh having that extra section of property like on a backside or whatever some parks i've ridden in the past couple of years i've noticed where you know whether it's a shuttle park or, or lift park or something like you get your bump to the top and then there's like like a cool like backcountry or you know technical single track aspect of it that requires pedaling is that kind of something that you guys are imagining with that additional stuff potentially in the future? Yeah, and I don't want to talk too much about it because I haven't explored over there enough to, to really tell, but it's it, we have, like I said, the front of the property, which is where the whole bike park is, where the shuttle road is. And then along the back, you, you have a cool spot with, I'd say, more natural terrain. There's like a big waterfall back there, a bunch more rocks back there, and it descends into a spot where you'd have to not climb out but pedal out to get back to the base of the mountain. So it would be a longer ride to get over there. But um, 
I think it'd be really cool for for some more tech enduro stuff and kind of just like a tree skiing area. Okay, you have yeah. like a, a zone with maybe like not every line is marked, but there's a bunch of trails back here that um, are all of this difficulty, and it's just kind of a the wild west. I like I like that pretty idea. Pretty cool. Talk to us about how when someone comes to Rock Creek this week, what's it look like? Like arriving, check in, getting on the shuttle, etc. Yeah. So um, when you get to Rock Creek, we've got uh, the parking lot is down in the cow field, and we've graveled the the road in. So hopefully people don't get too stuck. You're definitely still gonna park on grass in there, but um, it's pretty firmed up. So I think it'll be good built a bridge across the stream so you don't have to drive through ford anymore but that did add a cool adventure aspect to it for those with adventure vehicles yeah for sure but i think now everybody can go across and you can park pretty close to where the check-in is so park down in the field and then it'll be like a two-minute walk up not too much elevation just up this little hill like maybe 50 feet of vert and um we have a shop we actually outfitted one of the cabins that was there to be our our trailhead shop when you get there you can check in and can get your pass online um i don't know what the website is called it must be rock creek bike park (laughs) i'm sure if you googled rock creek bike park you'll find it Uh, i'm sure there'll be some links on like your instagram account and stuff yeah yeah check the rock creek social media but you can get on there and um get your pass ahead of time or you can get your pass on site and then yeah, we'll have the shuttles running 10 to 5, Friday through Sunday every week until maybe next summer we'll reevaluate and add some more days. But to start with, we'll be Friday through Sunday. And the shuttles run quick. Like each run is less than 10 minutes to get to the top. Okay. You can do easily three or four runs an hour and not much waiting around. So I think it'll be pretty pretty good bang for your buck time-wise, which is the nice thing about uplift parks when you got a good setup like that. Yeah, I think like an average pedal to the top of Canuga for me is 20 minutes-ish, low 20s. Yeah. And so, you know, you're cutting that in half and getting 200-ish more feet of vert. Yeah, and you're not having to pedal. You're not limited by your energy. Yeah. So you get up there and you can, I guess in a day you could do a ton of runs. Mm -hmm. Definitely it's possible to do more than you have in you. So it's a good ratio. I think that was like some of the issues with other uplift bike parks was that the shuttle line was too long or was too slow this one's super nice like that's kind of the backbone of the whole park is having a solid uplift system and i think ours is going to work pretty well nice i want to say that i saw that you weren't going to put a cap on the amount of people showing up just come on yeah for sure i definitely think it's harder to plan when you don't know like if it's going to be open or you can ride or not we are able to get i think it was i added it up and it was like 180 people an hour up the mountain so okay on an average day we'll probably have a half or less of that and um so you get two two to three runs an hour no problem if it's full like at peak time yeah um if you get there early or towards the end of the day i'm sure you can do a lot more you can jump on every one but yeah we'll have two buses running and we'll be cranking them out right on there's a campground next door rock creek campground not affiliated with you guys are you guys going to offer any sort of type of campground or anything long term we'd like to right now we're not 
zoned for it. So we're just taking our time and we want to make sure that we're not uh overstepping what we're what we're doing yeah um, and focus on focus on making a good bike park yeah exactly it's cool that that campground was existing like right next door so mm-hmm. we can send people down there they're stoked they they get their campground filled up and people aren't staying too far away so we'll uh we'll send them that way for the beginning but long term it'd be cool it'd be yeah. nice to have some spots and especially so many people they don't need all the hookups anymore a lot of people have good setups to to camp in their in their van or car i think that makes it a little nicer if they're traveling around like most people that come to canoe guide say probably more than half of them are are tourists they're not they're not all locals so if we can get those people to add rock creek to their list definitely makes it a lot easier if you can camp out there while you're on your road trip absolutely so building a bike park is not easy there's a lot that goes on. So other than just buying a chunk of property, what all have you guys had to do? Yeah, luckily this spot had a lot of the right ingredients, but unlike unlike Windrock, where there was already a shuttle road and a parking lot, we had to build a lot of the infrastructure ourselves. And I'd say that's kind of where, where I came into the deal, is like with Canuga, I designed and laid out the trail system, which is what I really like to do. I by no means take credit for building them all. I built a few of them, but um, I like to look at the the raw property and imagine like where the best layout for each trail will go with consideration for future trails and also not going so far with that to, to compromise the trails you're making now. And that's what I did at Rock Creek, but more than just the trails, I got to think about where we were going to put the parking lot, where the shuttle road would go, how the the kind of flow of the experience will be, like where you get dropped off, where you're going to ride to from the trails, how that's all going to work to maximize the mainly the fun riding the trails, but have all those other things work as well. And be possible to have bigger events, not just for like thinking about how's it going to work best for daily use, but also if we have a big event, like where can we have a finish line and two tracks finishing in the same spot and all this sort of stuff, which is what I really like to do. And it's cool because like it's a raw property. I got to lay it all out the way I wanted. And I not really, I wouldn't say I'm qualified. Like I never, (laughs) never like went to school or anything for, for this sort of stuff. I just have been to a ton of bike parks, raced a ton of races, have seen a bunch of stuff that works well and some stuff that hasn't. And, and what's nice is like with, with all these projects, we're not just making them and leaving them. We're, they're, they're our own. So we can take more risk in the design knowing that we can fix it if there ever is a problem. It's our in-house build crew and maintenance crew. So mm-hmm. we can um, tune it all up if it doesn't work. So I, I really like doing that. I think I'm good at it. <laughs> at least I, I, I'd say I'm pretty realistic with my view of uh, how the trails work. And I mean, from a Canuga standpoint, like, I see it as a solid success. I would say so. And like a bunch of people obviously say that they like it, but like I can ride down it and I can say if it was good or not. And I think that I have a good feel for that. So I'm stoked to be able to do this stuff. And it's really cool that Dave, who um, he's – funding the whole project instead of hiring a construction company he puts people like me 
guys like Max Beaupre and Hayden Gary who ride a ton, good riders themselves. We've got my pal Isaac in, involved a little bit. We've all kind of been leading the charge on this stuff and we can make it pretty cool because we're not a construction company. We are building it in-house and we take a little bit more pride in it and we're passionate about what we're doing. I think it's pretty cool that he like leaves it up to us to to do that stuff and I think we can make cool stuff because of that. To make the bike park we needed um, access for parking off the road which we had all these fields but we needed a way to get into them and we built um, started out with building a run-in off of Rock Creek Road and then like I said, the Ford didn't really work when it rained. So, so you built a bridge. We built a bridge across the stream. Luckily, we were able to use some bridge beams from Bob's Creek Road. They had a washout a couple years ago and built a new bridge, and the neighbor had the I-beams. So we were able to just put them across and um, make a nice bridge across the stream. So people will get across there, no problems. I'm going to see if I can convince the dump truck driver to go across it to test it out, see, see what our weight limit is. <laughs> It's just like when you're doing a, a squat test. You just add weights until you can't do it anymore. Yeah. So we'll just add, put everything we own on the bridge and see, see if it holds. See if it holds. <laughs> uh, but no, it's it's for sure gonna gonna hold everything that can go across it. So yeah, we made that. We made the entrance into the property. The shuttle road was was like I said, the backbone of the property, and that's something that you don't really go there for. But if it's bad, it can ruin your experience. It's, it's an integral like lifeline in, into the, the system. It is. And that was like at Windrock, what made it so nice is like that road was built for the windmills when they were put in in 2005, I think it was. Having a paved road to the top made that bike park work so well. The shuttle was faster than most lifts. I think Windrock was like seven or eight minutes to the top, which is... It's such a fast up. It's super fast. It's smooth. It's not rough. Yeah, and it, it works really well. A lot of chairlift stuff, like I've been to Sugar a bunch of times when you get shut down for lightning. There's a ton of cost associated. Like people think a chairlift, like it's expensive to buy, but then you it just prints you money. It's like it costs so much to operate a chairlift. You have to have a ton of inspections, and it takes a lot of electricity to to operate, and you need certified lift techs to be running it, several at the top and the bottom. Whereas a shuttle truck, like, you just need a guy that knows how to drive and um, shows up on time. <laughs> so uh, the shuttle way, like, I, I think it's a good, like, we actually looked into a little bit to getting a, a chairlift. The dude from Massanutten told me I could have the chairlift <laughs> if I took it down because they're getting a new lift next summer. And um, apparently, I, I mean, it makes sense. If, if you're going to use it again, you'd take it down a lot differently than if you weren't going to use it again. Totally, yeah. So... He's like, yeah, we're not going to use it again. If you want it, come get it. And I looked into it, and it was still insanely expensive to, one, get it down, two, get it to North Carolina, and then three, put it back up, put it back up with the certifications that you need to operate it. Is there still a free chairlift up for Yeah, grabs? if somebody would like to invest probably 800 grand into getting a used chairlift down, I bet I could give you the phone number. <laughs> it, it's, it might be still available. But yeah, the the shuttle the shuttle road was like the backbone of the whole thing. We spent way more time on that than we did on anything else out there. And at a point, it was going taking so long that I was wondering if we were ever going to build trails. <laughs> like uh, Hayden and I worked on it a ton. Hayden built most of it. I told him where to go, and I went to Europe, and I came back. 
and uh, he got a lot done. And I would just hop in kind of like the same style I did with Canuga, like let the guys work and I try to work around them, their schedule. So I get there early, run it for a little bit, stay after they leave, run it for a little bit, just to keep the project rolling a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, that road took a long time, but it was, we didn't cut any corners with it. Like it was done really well and it works. So yeah. uh, it's quick, it's short. We can it's go- steep. It's it is steep. The hard thing about that, it's just kind of like building a climbing trail. It's like if you make the shuttle road gradual enough, it takes up the whole property. You don't, you can't really have crossings on the shuttle road with the trails. It's it's logistically difficult, and you can't really There's make safety concerns with that. Yeah, too. yeah, bridges over it and stuff. So that was not really an option. So to make the shuttle road in a place where it wasn't going to be crossed by the trails meant that it had to be pretty steep in spots. So we uh, we paved the first half of it, which kind of goes straight up the mountain. And then um, after that, it, it kind of follows a nice traverse around the, the side of the hill. And, and like I said, those are old roads that were there, logging roads. We just improved them and um, may, added a bunch of drainage and stuff, made them a lot more sustainable. With the hope, like it's, we have equipment out there so we can, it's going to take some time for it to settle, like gravel part of it, and we can tune it up. We learned that when we had the race. The, the, we were doing some work on the road as the weekend went on. Was, I think I remember seeing some uh, Lowe's runs to get quick read. Yeah, we, that was kind of like our quick fix was we had um, one soft spot. And like I said, we built the road when it was dry, so we didn't know where any problems would be. But I guess out here there's a lot of spots where it's, waters running under the ground and we had one spot come up wet and um i just went in my van to home depot and got as much quick crete i was like it's 3500 so put four thousand pounds of quick crete in the back <laughs> and it was, she, she was squatted but i got it up there and um i think we put 150 bags of quick crete and just like mixed it into the gravel i've done that before with dirt where you mix quick crete in and it just makes the dirt hard yeah so um I thought it would work with gravel and it worked pretty well. Yeah, it'll take some time for all this stuff to like settle in, but I think spending all that extra time on the road just to make sure that it was legit is is going to like I said it's the backbone of our business and it's going to make it um you want you want the customer experience to be positive in all aspects. Yeah, I mean, I don't want people to wait in line and I want the shuttle to be efficient. So, that's a key part of it. Nice. So when the shuttle drops you off up top, is there a little bit of a pedal, or are you just like right there at a couple of the trails, or what's that look like? Where we could put the turn, so we need like a cul-de-sac at the top for the buses to turn around, um, and where that kind of fit is not too much lower than the start of the trails, but you, yeah, you, you get your bike off the thing, and you, it's not much more than it is at Windrock, maybe 50 feet of a, okay. a little push up a hill, mm-hmm. take you a minute or so. The green trail starts right there, the downhill trail, Chuck's trail, and um, the other blue trail start uh, we built a start gate for the downhill track and they kind of all start off of that pretty nice start platform there nice and then the black single track trail is kind of starts on a different ridge so you ride out to it a little bit it's only about a minute out cool but um yeah they kind of all start right there but even just like it's not enough of a push up to make it a pain but it takes you a minute which gives the the bus a head start to get down the hill yeah and then where you finish all the trails 
you kind of come out of it. So it gives more elevation on both ends for the, for the trail and takes you a minute to get to it and back. And that gives the bus just enough time to beat you to the bottom so that you don't have to wait in line for it. Nice. So it keeps the, the line down, which is, um, yeah, I guess that is, like I said, pretty important for an uplift or, or chairlift yeah. bike park. I've had a couple of people ask me, and I don't know why they ask me, but if there's going to be like a, a Canuga Rock Creek package sort of deal with like a season pass or anything. Yeah, that's a, that's a popular question. I have a bunch of people ask me too, and I, I always say it's not my jurisdiction. <laughs> I just stick to the, uh, to the trail stuff. But the answer is there will be a discount for people who have a pass to one to get their pass to the other. Okay. I think it's like $50 off, but I'm pushing to make it a little more. I think they should get a little bit more of a thank you for supporting both parks. Because it's not that many people who are going to have a season pass for both. It's like our core supporters. Mm-hmm. And I think those people should be should be thoroughly thanked for supporting both of our spots. Okay. We do have the monthly thing, which is cool. Because the monthly pass for the locals is super affordable. I think it's like 50 bucks at Canuga, and it's like 90 bucks maybe at Rock Creek. Basically, if you go there twice a month, uh, it's, it's worth having. You set, you're saving money. You can turn it off and on as you want. So okay. it's nice because if you're traveling, you can, it's like a gym membership. You, you can set, you can use it when you want it. There's no like commitment to a minimum amount of time. So I find that really nice for the locals. For, for what you're getting, I think it's well worth it. If you ride often, a couple times a week, it's only a couple dollars and you'd pay it to somebody to go prep your trails for you every time you ride it's it's well worth it yeah absolutely and drive you to the top now too yeah and drive you to the top (laughs) um i'm not sure if you know this information but um with canuga having been established for a couple years now how are you seeing like local versus out of town attendance i don't know the exact numbers okay is the expert on that yeah but we do see a lot of people from out of town do you think out of town trumps uh, local attendance? I think there is more people from out of town. I think it's very important to like make sure that our locals are stoked because they're the people that are bringing people from out of town, talking mm-hmm. about it. Um, word of mouth is something that these days is harder to quantify with like social media and analytics, but I think is so important. Like the thing that's going to be the defining factor is, is your buddy telling you it was awesome. Absolutely, and yeah. You can't really measure that. So I think, yeah, our, we, we try to make those monthly passes and do things like the race league at Canuga is free, and that's supporting our local constituency. Like Cali gets um, free hot dogs and grills them after every race and tries to hire like the local dude who's a DJ to come to the jump jam after the free race and like tries to do all these things that, just putting a little elbow grease in to make sure that the locals are stoked. And I think we're going to definitely continue to do that with, with Rock Creek. But I'd say the out-of-town people probably spend more money. Like, they're going to buy a T-shirt. They're going to buy a souvenir. Um, they're probably going to rent a bike. They might not have brought theirs. Like, on the heat map, you see a lot of people from Charlotte. You see a lot of people from Atlanta. And you see, surprisingly, a ton of people from Miami. 
Like, yeah, we I mean, are, she showed me that heat map a yeah. while back, like I think when you guys were barely open a year and it's like South Florida was just like lit up. It makes sense. Like we're the closest place with mountains. Like once you drive down the escarpment, it's flat until you get to Florida. So yeah. it's really flat until you get to South America. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, yeah, they come up here. It's the closest spot that they can go with mountains. And uh, Pisgah is awesome. I ride in Pisgah probably more than I ride in Canuga, mainly just because I've I've been there too many times and I, and I, and I like it here. But if you weren't from here, it would be hard to like, with your limited time, make sure you're on the best route. And it's cool. Like there's a bunch of good guiding services and they do an awesome job, but you can show up at Canuga, all the trails, you're never more than 15 minutes from your car. Like you can yeah. turn around at any point on the climbing trail and you'll be at your car in mm -hmm. five minutes to get to the bottom. Yeah. And there's maps everywhere. There's like one climb where you see a bunch. It's like going to the skate park. You see a yeah. bunch of people you know. You mm -hmm. might not have gone there with them, but you show up. There'll be other people riding. Yeah. All the trails have a good description on the sign and the map. Mm -hmm. So you're like, it's easier to have a good experience. So we get a lot of out-of-town people that, that definitely enjoy that. There's been at least two times where I've been at the top of Canuga, and someone has said, is there other stuff to ride in this area? <laughs> that's hilarious it's crazy now like we have so much good stuff you can go over to the riveter ride the dirt jumps i like the rock climbing there probably more than i same like the dirt jumps like the dirt jumps are fun but i like i mountain bike all the time so to get to do something else is cool you can go um to pisgah ride like i've lived here for over 10 years now and there's st still trails out there i haven't hit you can go to DuPont, which is a totally different style. Mm -hmm. And now we have these like bike parks coming in, which is super cool. I was over at Seth's Bike Park a couple times, and they built some really cool stuff out there, out in Canton. So, yeah, it's uh, we're, we're in the the golden era of the hotspot here. Yeah. Like it's it's all coming together. People like you are seriously making it happen. So, dude, for real, thanks for putting in the effort to to drive this. Yeah, I kind of wanted to say on our last podcast that we did, like you mentioned a lot of these cool stuff that I did and thanking me and I would do it whether anybody else liked it or not. Like I love doing all this, whether it's organizing it's the races or, or this, like you don't need to thank me. Like if you like it, you could just come out and, and buy a pass because people supporting it makes it possible. Mm -hmm. I could build the trail for myself in my yard, which wouldn't really be sustainable. I would be... Like you need people using it to keep it good and people using it pays for the maintenance on it. I could organize, you know, races that were more elitist, but I think the way, the way that I've learned to do this all is if you can make it possible for lots of people to participate and, and enjoy it, it makes it sustainable to do on a bigger scale. And I'm happy to do it either way so um i'm not a philanthropist or anything like i definitely personally love doing this stuff i wanted to obviously have a downhill park close to my house like, well yeah it's a cool thing yeah so i'm i'm stoked to do it and if uh i'm, I'm, I'm stoked that other people like it too yeah absolutely uh i want to touch back on something you mentioned about like canuga written bikes are you guys going to have bike rentals at rock creek yeah we will we're going to have um propane bikes out there so okay. we got a good deal through them and um we're gonna have downhill bikes too yeah we're gonna have i tried to get i tried to push for all downhill bikes just because they're way more durable like downhill bikes are beautifully simple where you 
like on a on an e-bike especially dude it's hard to get like a 12 speed range to shift well on a rental bike and dropper posts and there's just more things that can give you a headache so i tried to push for downhill bikes because like it's easy to get them to shift perfectly you don't have the dropper post they're overbuilt and strong so they're more durable like somebody hops on a downhill rental bike it's more likely to be dialed easier on our end so we don't have all downhill bikes we have some of their like long travel enduro bikes too okay i think we have 10 of each so we'll be pretty well set up for people who will if they if they're traveling through like we'll have bikes out there i don't think we'll have them on friday we we ordered them and they sh- they're supposed to be here by the end of the year we'll be set up for that very nice. soon yeah propane uh is that who remy matahe rides for yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure he still does. Okay. Um for, and they're trying to make uh, a bigger impact here in the US. So they were stoked to work with us. Nice. With all that stuff, it's like it's nice to have a good relationship with people. So they wanted to jump on board the product project and they had bikes in stock, which is the <laughs> I guess the hardest thing is when we're looking for downhill bikes. Those are further down the priority list for most most brands with yeah. limited production right now. So they had some downhill bikes for us, which which worked out really well. Uh, one thing that we've noticed throughout the last couple of years with Canuga being here is like seeing some some pretty big names show up riding, you know, Richie Rude among others. You know, hopefully we can see some more like big names, you know, making the the rounds of hitting Canuga and Rock Creek. Yeah, I think so. It's funny Richie's coming down next week as well, and he's stoked to check them both out. Dude, Richie comes has been down here probably four or five times and just rides at Canuga. I'm like, let's go to Pisgah. You're the Enduro World Series world champ. Like, this is the perfect training ground for the Enduro World Series. Yeah. But I think he likes the fact that he knows every trail and like he's doing bike setup or whatever it is and it's just efficient to do there. Mm -hmm. Like he comes on a training trip and he has like this specific ride to do. He knows exactly what he's getting into at Canuga, which I think was why a lot of people like it too. It is nice for that. It's my favorite spot to go for, like, when I get a new bike to set things up. Yeah, or, like, just bang for your buck time-wise. Mm-hmm. You know what you're getting. Yeah. But, yeah, he's going to be back, and hopefully I get him to ride more places around the area, too. Yeah. But, yeah, I think Rock Creek is is also really efficient for, like, I've made it for testing and racing. If you want to come out during the week, like, we had the guys from Olin's reach out about doing some of their OE testing where they don't quite get the privacy they get at Canuga. Or they that they, they want at Canuga because every day there's tons of people there. Mm-hmm. They can come out there if we're not open, maybe, and you know rent the park, and they can do stuff in private. So I think we'll see more brands doing that as well. One day at Windrock a couple of weeks ago, it was like Specialized was there with um, Finn, Trek was there with their high pivot trail bike, and Intense was there with Dakota and Aaron doing something. They have like a new six bar downhill bike. They're all trying to like hide their. <laughs> their thing from each other. I like, heard someone like, else talking about this. Too. Like any of them care. Like it's a bike. I always just laugh at that stuff. Maybe I'm too inside of it to be that intrigued, but it's like what you're doing is, is not anything that crazy, yeah. but they, people inside of it seem to care so much about that in the bike industry. I heard the conversation was your phone's away, right? Yours is away. Everybody's phone's away. We're cool. Right. <laughs> and everybody's like, okay, we'll be cool. Yeah, like, I don't know. That's a whole nother conversation. Yeah. Spe- specialized dudes are super cool about, like, Sloan lives right here, who's um, really high up with specialized product stuff. 
and he had something pretty unique and I went over and took a good hard look at it. He didn't say a word. He was just like, pretend it's not there. <laughs> I mean, when you're in the industry, that's kind of like the golden rule is it's like, if you see it, cool, but just pretend it's not there. Yeah. So I think that there's an opportunity within the industry for um, people to have some privacy testing. And I think Rock Creek is really well set up for that. Like nobody's going to happen to be there yeah. on a Tuesday. So brands listening, take note, like Monday through Thursday, potentially, you can rent out Rock Creek. Yeah. And we don't really have like a menu for that yet. But if they want to get in touch, we'll, I don't know. I try not to make it unreasonable. Like, let's just do something that benefits both of us. Yeah. We'll help you guys out. Like if you want to come ride the trails and then later on, we'll probably need a favor at some point too. Exactly. Uh, with that in mind, can I rent out Rock Creek midweek for my birthday party? Uh, short answer is yes. I don't know what the details are. Okay. So that is something that someone could have a possibility to do if they wanted. Yeah. The cool thing about this is um, we're in charge of everything. Like mm -hmm. Dave owns the property. Management staff from Rye Canuga run it. So we don't have to run the things too far up the flagpole. Like somebody has a cool idea they want to do, we'll try to figure out a way to do it and tell you what it will take. Mm -hmm. But yeah, we're pretty open to doing cool stuff. Awesome. I think with the what we have established with Canuga, kind of our reputation, I guess us building it and what we've done within the industry so far, I think we can get people out there the first time at least to check it out. Yeah. And then after that, it'll be up to the place to speak for itself, whether or not they'll come back and I'll let, I'll let them decide whether they like it or not. Awesome. You can follow Rock Creek, Rock Creek's Instagram account at Ride Rock Creek. Currently, there's not a website address on there, but I'm sure Callie will update that at some point soon. Yeah, I'm sure this won't come out for a few days, so. It might come out tonight. Oh, it will? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, by next week, check back for a website. Okay, cool. Nico, thanks for all you guys' hard work. I uh, appreciate you guys investing into the local community like this. It makes a huge impact, uh, giving all of us cool places to go ride and doing the thing. Yeah, I'm very happy to do it. Thank you. Cool. Awesome. Well, we look forward to seeing you out there. Thanks. So Nico kind of got his start with trail building at Bailey Mountain Bike Park uh, in the Mars Hill area, which was a lift assisted by trucks. Ar army trucks, no less. Yeah, army trucks, no less. That was uh, his first foray into this and, and has led him you know, to doing awesome things like Wind Rock, Canuga, and now Rock Creek. So, uh, you know, I'm seeing a pattern here and, uh, I think, you know, unfortunately Bailey, you know, didn't stand the test of time, but it was an amazing venue for downhill riding. But now we've got this place that actually like has the infrastructure needed, the parking and all these things for, you know, maybe hosting bigger events, 
hosting more people, allowing more people per day to ride. And I think these are the kind of things that are going to be necessary to make it last. Yeah, I mean, it's something that we've seen a lot of places just have missed the mark on one thing or the other. But just like Nico said, like he's been to a lot of really great events. He's been to some events that weren't so great. And so he's just kind of learned from all of those and built off of that, was able to start with pretty much a clean slate at, at Rock Creek and that's what we have now. And another thing I have to touch on is the whole lift situation. So all these other parks, you know, we've got a lot of regional bike parks now. Some you have to pedal, some you ride a shuttle on the back of a truck or, you know, truck and a trailer situation. And that's kind of what Rock Creek has going on. But, you know, the, the whole idea that uh, Mass and Udden's like, hey, you know, we've, we've got a lift. You can just come take it. And even that's not economically viable. That lets me know a lot about the economics of a bike park. That's pretty substantial. Yeah. A lift brings out so many other potential issues like, you know, lightning delays, the constant upkeep on it. Whereas like Rock Creek, you know, they've got two buses and as long as the drivers show up, like party on. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I mean, I'm not condoning anything illegal here, but you know, that's, that's not a highway. That's not a road. It's not like you even need to have a license to get up that thing. <laughs> that is correct. It is private property. I think uh, just being able to operate farm equipment is essential to getting up that hill with a trailer full of bikes. Pretty much, yeah. Well, you know, we went out there for the test event uh, for Downhill Southeast, and man, what an awesome weekend that was. And I got to ride the bus up and, uh, you know, hang out with the driver for that trip. And I got to say... You know, as as far as these things go, I've ridden the 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 shuttle at all these other places too. Uh, this one gets steep, guys. It really does. It this this hill goes up. It's uh, a very impressive piece of property, and I just can't wait to see what it becomes because what it is now is awesome, and I think that where it's going is going to be just even better. Oh, absolutely. Well. That leads me into the weather for this coming week. What are we looking at? Man, uh, get your riding in this weekend. Sunday is probably like the best day for riding. A little bit of rain showers Saturday morning. Looks to be rainy every day this week. Low amounts though, which is good. And not super low temperatures, which is great. Like during the week, it's getting down to the 50s. Might get a little chilly next weekend, So, but still no freeze thaw. But going, going to be a little wet, you know, depending on what zone you're looking to ride in. Maybe check that weather as well. But I'm pulling weather from Fletcher. So highs in the mid-60s to down into the 50s and lows, you know, 50s, dropping down to 40 and a little below for next weekend. Right on. It's been pretty mild so far. Yeah, pretty pretty mild, but maybe not the best weather for Rock Creek's opening. But hey, it's a bike park. You know, run with your brong, get wet, get sloppy, have fun with it. They pay people to maintain the trails there. They do. They really That's do. That's where you should go when it rains. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry, Nico. Well, dude, like Max said on his interview last episode, that's what he gets paid to do. So let's go give let's go give Max some uh some job security. Pack those lips, Max. Yep. Well, guys, that is a wrap on this week's episode. And as always, you can find us on social media. Just search Pisgah Podcast. And we've also got our web store going, which, Drew. Hey, we got some new shirts. We forgot to mention that. 
and we got water bottles we got koozies we give you a bunch of stickers all that stuff hit us up at pisgapodcast.bigcartel.com if you wanted santa to bring you a downhill bike for your local bike parks then go ahead and click subscribe share with your friends and buy your friends a listen to pisga t-shirt water bottle and or koozie well, Drew, so uh, I won't be here this weekend, but I take it upon you to go get wet and sloppy at Rock Creek. Okay, I, you know, I'm going to try. It's, uh, I got Christmas stuff to do. Yeah, like, go buy yourself bike park passes for Christmas. Okay, yeah, all right, that's what my family is going to do anyhow. I'm on it, Chief. Okay.